It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From the Fox News Podcast Network, I'm Dana Perino, and everything will be okay. to season two of Everything Will Be Okay, where we'll have life-changing conversations with some remarkable guests. Last season, we spoke with musicians, CEOs, politicians, and world changers as they provided a glimpse into how they became the trailblazers they are today. To kick off season two of this limited series podcast, let's revisit some of those conversations. Dina Powell McCormick has served as Assistant Secretary of State for Educational and Cultural Affairs and Deputy Undersecretary of Public Affairs and Public Diplomacy, and as a Senior White House Advisor as Assistant to the President for Presidential Personnel. And Dina now serves as Global Head of Sustainability and Inclusive Growth at Goldman Sachs. So I was born in Cairo, Egypt, um, and uh, had one sister at the time, who was my younger sister, and my family, my parents decided to immigrate uh, from Cairo to Dallas, Texas, when I was a, a very young girl. And um, it was really the product, I think, of them really wanting to make sure that their daughters could reach their potential and believing in the promise of America. And so, you know, I, you've heard this a little bit before, big culture shock moving from Cairo to Dallas and not speaking English and wanting so desperately to assimilate. Um, but having parents who really taught me early on that there is nothing um more more special than becoming Americans. We were becoming Americans at the time, but they found this really remarkable way to balance that um, we believed that we were, again, so incredibly fortunate to be living and growing up and pursuing our potential in America, but always trying to make sure that we remembered where we came from. Could you tell people about how President Bush approached um, making sure that the working moms in his administration had what they needed in order to try to do both for as long as they could? Oh, my gosh. He was really extraordinary. I mean, he would just I remember when I had a newborn and I came back to work and when he would find me in a late, late meeting, he'd say, what are you doing here? You go home right now. And he would yell at any of the senior leaders in the White House. You know, you're going to run off all my women. Do you remember? Yeah, I, I want them to. I understand that it's the White House and I understand um, and obviously the White House, you're serving the American people in such an important way, no matter, honestly, how senior you are or junior you are. So there's certain moments in your life where you put your head down and you say to your family, this is going to be a little bit more of a heavy service, right? I mean, you think about um, in a much more important and a much more critical way, the men and women who serve abroad, who who leave families behind to protect our nation, um, you have to honor that service. And so I do think there are certain um, you know, um, amazing uh, roles and service in our country that 
take you away and and you just have to respect that. But I know that for him, he wanted a lot of women. He had many senior women and he knew that, you know, if you made it impossible for parents, by the way, not just women, he was great with men too, as you remember, yeah. get home, get to that soccer game, you know, be a parent too, because then I might have you around for a, a couple more years instead of you just pushing through and I lose you in six months. Exactly. And so I think that's something that bosses should really think about. You'd pick up out of one many President Bush's new book of uh, portraits that he painted of immigrants. You will find one of the most amazing and beautiful Dina Powell. Lisa Rice is the former U.S. Secretary of State, the first African-American woman to fill that title. She also served as a national security advisor, both of those roles under President George W. Bush. Condi has written several books and now serves as the director of the Hoover Institute at Stanford University. Most importantly, she is a daughter, and today we'll focus on how her father influenced her life and shaped her into the woman she is today. Secretary Rice, although I know you asked me to call you Condi, I have a hard time doing that because of the respect, <laughs> um, but I'll try. Um, Condi, you uh, um, were a great mentor to many of us in the administration. Um, I think um, people would put you at the top of the list as a number one, the best role model for us to follow. And I wonder, as you teach now, what would you advise some um, either students or parents or fathers who are doing this around Father's Day, um, that they could help instill in their girls as they're growing up so that they could have, uh, I'm not going to say follow in your footsteps to be national security advisor, but the kind of confidence and success and fear, fearlessness um, that you have lived with. I would go right back to John Wesley Rice Jr. and to my mother, who just didn't let me see boundary about see uh, that my horizons were limited in any way. They just believed I could do anything. And so I believed I could do anything, but they also had high expectations. And I tell parents today, uh, don't dumb down your expectations for your kids, trying to make them feel better. We do too much of that in the schools, too much of that in the home. Uh, You know, I, played the piano. Uh, Nobody ever said to me, oh, isn't that cute that she's making all of those mistakes? No, you're supposed to practice until you're good at it. And so the sense of high expectation uh, from them, and therefore I had higher expectations for myself than anyone could ever have. I think high expectations are really important, but you do it with love. Um, I also knew that if I failed at something, uh, it didn't matter because the love was unconditional. So high expectations married with unconditional love is just an amazing, amazing uh, formula for success. Um, and then finally, I would say that my my parents, uh, again, as a girl, uh, I didn't think that there were things girls were not supposed to do. I thought that I could do what I wanted to do. I also think that father-daughter is just so important in teaching girls um, how they are to be treated and how they are to be respected by the men around them, whether in social conditions or in professional conditions. And since my father always insisted that I was going to be treated with respect, uh, I've grown up assuming and believing that I ought to be treated with respect. Um, My parents 
tried to give me leadership possibilities. Dana, I was the president of the family at age four <laughs> uh, and it had real responsibilities. You know, you had to call a meeting to decide what time we were leaving for Denver, what color are we going to paint the living room? And so the sense of you can be uh, really uh, an impactful person, uh, they really they really passed that on to me, too. Um, this, I think that your um, message here for anyone listening, if you're um, a, a daughter or a father or a mother you're, and you're listening to this, um, it's so inspiring and great advice as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was great to be with you. More to come right after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Dominich, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Dominich Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Matthew West is a musician, singer-songwriter, and father of two girls. In this conversation, we discuss his upbringing and how he broke into the music industry, the values that guide his life, his thoughts on our current times and fatherhood, and the mission behind his work. Matthew, it's an honor to have you. I was really thrilled to be on your amazing and very popular podcast when uh, Everything Will Be Okay came out. And then out of that, we became friends, which is really amazing. I love to pinch myself about that. And I admire you so much and really wanted my listeners to have a chance to learn more from you. So thanks for coming on. Well, it's my honor. I'm a huge fan of yours and and to you know, call you friend as well has been such a thrill in the recent months. And your book is awesome. Your episode on my podcast, people absolutely flipped out. And I had a lot of friends that said, how did you get the great Dana? (laughs) So I scored like major cool points with a lot of people. Okay, well, I'm going to try to do the same. I love the song of yours. Love on the radio. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Was that you? Maybe tell people a little bit about that song. But I was curious as I was listening to it again today that Was that you basically saying, I'm not caving on who I'm going to be? It really, it's kind of my mission statement. And and ironically, that's one of my songs that's never been on the radio, but it's called Love on the Radio. And the whole song starts with this kind of spoken word thing. And it just says, people ask me all the time, why did you choose, you know, the kind of music you make, which is mostly known in Christian music. And they say, wouldn't you make more money if you were, quote unquote, mainstream? And then I go on to say, well, this song is my answer. And and I guess what I'm saying in that song is, yes, there are probably more lucrative paths. You know, Mm -hmm. yes, if I was um, trying to be, you know, Bieber, I'd be on People magazine and, you know, all these other things. Maybe I could make more money. Maybe I could have more fame and all of these other things. But, you know, I think that song was my way of saying what I just said to you moments ago of just going, man, that's all well and good. And I've chased that in the past. But I'm going to tell you something, man. I want to write music that I simply want to bring hope to people. And I'll give you a good example, Dana. Like in our genre, it's kind of funny because people like there's less face recognition. Like, you know, Keith Urban walks down the street and everybody knows or Taylor Swift or whatever. But in our genre, people might know my name before they know my face. So when I'm at the airport, 
Like, they don't know my face. And then the security guy looks at my ID and he sees my name. He's like, oh, are you the singer? Like, that's Mm -hmm. how that always happens, right? And one time I got noticed and this lady came up to me and she started freaking out about how much my songs had changed her life. Then she asked me for a picture, but she called me Chris Tomlin, who's another (laughs) singer. You know, I mean, talk about being humbled, right? Um, But I think that was a moment for me where I had to come to grips with, hey, what would I rather have people remember about me? Would I rather have them remember my name or would I rather have them remember the message of the song that I sang for them that helped them find some hope during a hard time? And you know what? I will choose the latter every day of the week because that to me is kind of what I'm trying to teach my daughters too is like your life is going to be the most fulfilling. You're going to get to the end of your life with no regrets and no what ifs if you were always mindful that there's a cause greater than yourself that you can contribute to in this life. Amen. When you're the main character of your story, your story can only be so fulfilling. And when I'm the main character in my story, I'm the guy who's not happy about being nominated for a Grammy because he didn't get Mm -hmm. all the nominations. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be that person. I want to be the person who realizes... Yeah, I was just gonna say it's funny. I was just thinking about how um, in 2011 it was July. It was hot as heck, and I had just got back from Africa, where I was doing some work on with Voice of America, and I was at baggage claim. I just like tired, and I get this phone call from a guy here at Fox News saying, "Hey, Dana, um, would you mind coming up to Fox uh, to Manhattan, you know, for five weeks? We're just gonna do this temporary program in between July 4th and Labor Day." We're going to call it the five and um, you just have to live in a hotel here in midtown Manhattan for five weeks. But we'd really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind coming up and helping us out. And I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, but the Fox part of what I did at the time post White House was my favorite part of my day. So I grudgingly said yes, thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to leave my home and my husband and my dog and I had all these other responsibilities at the time and. I called Peter. I didn't even know where he was because he traveled uh, traveled at the time a lot internationally. And I woke him up. He was in Korea. Hmm. And I said, Peter, guess what? And I told him this whole story. And his first reaction was, congratulations. And I said, what? And he said, Dana, this is what you've always wanted to do your whole life. Wow. And I was like, oh, right. Mm. And the five just celebrated its 10th anniversary. And that's the longest oh, I've ever held a job. And it's so interesting how people in your life, like your brother, <laughs> saying, are you kidding me? <laughs> and then my other example of that is one time I was in, not too long ago, we were in Central Park and we're walking the dog Jasper and this guy jogs by and he does a double take and he takes his, uh, uh, I was going to call them hearing aids. They're not hearing aids. Uh, his um, uh, headphones out. And yeah. he says, hey, is, is that Jasper? Like, yeah, yeah, it's Jasper. And he's like, oh, wow, it's amazing, amazing. And he said, do you mind if I get a picture? I'm like, oh, no, sure. Peter will take it. So Peter gets the phone and he, uh, Jasper, I get, you know, him in position. And then I move to get next to Jasper to be in the photo. And the guy says, oh, uh, actually, just Jasper. And I was like, uh. wow. Okay. And that was humbling. That was humbling indeed. Um, that's amazing. It was great. Well, I've been, I've loved talking to you. I'll um I'll let you go. I enjoyed it so much. I um have really enjoyed getting to know you, and I think that our listeners are just going to absolutely love uh, this. And I highly encourage wow. everyone to um, go on whatever platform you have to get music. Look up Matthew West um, and all of these songs. Find one that connects with you, and you know play it over and over again as you walk. I've been listening to "Hello, My Name Is." 
Oh yeah, uh, quite yeah. a bit. I can play it. I can play that. And what if? How many times? Like I think two and a half times between where I work at Fox and where I walk to get home. I can't tell you how cool it is to hear you say that you're listening to those songs on your way to work. And as you're inspiring so many people, it's just so cool. So keep up the great work. And I'm honored that you'd have me on the show. And I hope somebody listening today is encouraged by what we've shared. They've got to be. Who could not be? Jamie Kern Lima is a New York Times bestselling author and founder of It Cosmetics, a company she started in her living room and has since grown into the largest luxury makeup brand in the country. Jamie sat down with me to talk about her book, Believe It, how to go from underestimated to unstoppable and to share what she learned along the winding journey of finding her authentic self. Uh, First, before we get started about anything else, I have to tell you that during work from home, we all did uh, a lot of our shows either from a guest bedroom or the basement, the garage, or even in a van. And we had to do our own hair and makeup. And guess what? They sent with me so that I could make sure I did my makeup well. It was <laughs> It Cosmetics. And I absolutely love it. I recommend it to everybody. So congratulations to you on creating such an amazing product. Oh, thank you so much. Um, That literally fills my heart. One of my whole visions was like, you know, I'm just not a person that wants to spend a million hours doing hair and makeup. And I'm like, how can I create something that literally just, you know, does the work for me was my goal. So thank you for saying that. I love that they sent that home with you. Oh, yes, they did. So, okay. So before we talk more about that, let's go to, if you don't mind, I feel like everybody could read your story and everyone should read your book. Absolutely. But I also think that people really learn well, just Despite being able to relate to people and understand where did you get started and how did you end up where you were at the age of 31 when you created the product? If you could just maybe walk us through that life story. Of course. Yeah. You know, and it's so funny how, how life works, right? For me, it was really, it's really been a story of things that I thought were my setbacks, um, turning into my setups for, for what God called me to do. And, and, uh, and so, you know, for me, I, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to grow up and, and share other people's stories with the world. And, and I eventually was in my dream job and, and I was working as a television news anchor, um, in Portland, Oregon. I started in a really small market and then kind of worked my way up and, and thought that's what I was going to do forever. And, uh, and then I entered this kind of season of setback and it started with, um, I developed hereditary rosacea, uh, which, you know, is a, is a skin condition. And, and for me, it, it comes in the form of my cheeks and my nose and my forehead getting, getting bright red with bumps everywhere and sandpaper like texture. And so I would be, you could probably imagine this really mm-hmm. well and that this, this scene, but I would be anchoring the news live. <laughs> I'd be live in the broadcast and I would hear in my earpiece from my producer, um, you know, there, Jamie, there's, there's something on your face. There's something on your face. You need to wipe it off. You need, and, and I knew that there was nothing I could wipe off. I knew that it was that, that redness and the bumps kind of, kind of coming through and my makeup breaking up into the, the hot HD lights. And so, you know, I started uh, this, this season where I was trying to find something that would work, that would, that would cover and that wouldn't look like a big thick mask. And so I, I tried everything out there in the department stores um, and the drug you probably stores. spent a lot of money trying to find the right product. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> well, so, so I spent my whole paycheck, which wasn't very big, 
big in local news. Um, and it's funny that you say that, Dana, because I remember, you know, I couldn't even afford a lot of the department store brands. I love them. I, I would save my paychecks to try and buy one item, but I would try to go get the free samples just to see if it would work. And I, I literally couldn't find anything that worked. And so I was in this this kind of season of self-doubt where I would be anchoring the news and, you know, we all have an, an inner critic and <laughs> that, that that's so lovely. And mine would say things like, you know, oh, are, you know, are you going to get fired or, you know, are, are you losing viewers by the minute or are people changing the channel because of your bright red rosacea? And, you know, I went through this, this, this time where I wasn't sure, you know, what was going to happen. I saw dermatologists and learned there was no cure. I tried all of the things you can try and nothing would work. And so I had this kind of this big aha moment where I was like, well, wait a minute. Why? Why can't I find makeup that works? I've been seeing beauty commercials my whole life and have always loved them and always aspired to look like the people with flawless skin in those commercials. And, you know, and, and then, I, of course, I realized by that point in my life that all of the ads are typically photoshopped. And I was like, well, why haven't I ever seen someone with rosacea that's showing how a makeup product works? Or, And I had this kind of this, this light bulb moment where, A, I thought, okay, well, if I could figure out how to make something that works for me, I bet it's going to help a whole lot of other people. Um, and I kind of started getting this feeling in my gut or my, my, my intuition. And, but then my head <laughs> talked myself out of it for a long time. So, you know, I, I, I felt like I should do it. And my head was like, well, you know, you're not qualified or you don't have the right connections or you don't have enough money or whatever it was, right. All the, all these things that I was telling myself, um, and I, I remember this this moment where I just couldn't shake that that kind of knowing, I guess, that feeling in my gut. And I made the decision to trust it, even though I didn't know how the heck it was all going to work out, even though my mind kept telling me, well, you're in your dream job <laughs> and everything else. I just couldn't shake that that feeling. And I feel like so many of our most important moments that define our lives come down to if we're willing to to trust ourselves and to to step into to to our knowing and, and to trust it. Incredible. The book is Believe It, How to Go from Underestimated to Unstoppable. And the amazing, very authentic, terrific author is Jamie Kern Lima. Listening back to some of those stories of triumph and success fills me with hope and I cannot wait for you all to hear what's to come on this next season of Everything Will Be Okay. Until then, make sure you subscribe to this series wherever you download podcasts and leave a rating and review. I'm Dana Perino. Everything will be okay. The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.